you are listening to the Eating Disorders Recovery Podcast with me, Tabitha Farrar. Hello there, welcome to this week's podcast. Just another short one today, I'm sharing the story of, well, this person's going to do most of the talking. Um, I'm not going to say her name because I'm going to keep her anonymous. But uh, this is somebody that I was talking to about a past experience that she has had, or a couple of them, in treatment centres. A fair while ago, but relevant nonetheless. How much my mindset prior to treatment was obviously restriction, but that how much that's reinforced, and it really is pissing me off, which is kind of cool because I'm like, well... fuck that because I'm I'm angry in a lot of ways about uh, the one the one place I was in that I was in four times it's not the place I talked about the last time I was in there four times like for a total like this is really embarrassing but five years total like that I was there and I guess I feel like I like therapy like crappy emotion thingies but like um it was almost a cult and I'm I'm not I'm not mean this to come across as I'm blaming but I'm just really angry that that I was so such a wimp like I was like, whatever you say I'm going to do to the treatment provider, like, whatever you say I'm going to do because I really want to get better, so I'm going to buy hook, line, and sinker what you say. And it was 12-step based, which I think is a... T- now I can see... I guess I'm angry at myself, too, that I'm like, how could you, like, believe what they were saying when it... Like, 12-step, they say abstinence in a, instead of sobriety. So what their definition of abstinence is eating... Your food plan, no more, no less. And it's like, I just see how much like I'm having to unlearn. Um, like I've been doing some mindless snacking lately. Cause normally say like I have a snack, like I put it on a plate and I sit down and I have a snack and then I might have another snack, but I don't like, I don't nibble while I make food or like I'm pouring a bowl of cereal, like grab a handful, which is what I did as a kid. Like you're pouring cereal into a bowl, you're eating handfuls while you do it. And so I've been doing that lately because I don't want to be that person that can't eat until it's on the table and I've said my prayer and like it's all formal and like I'm eating alone. It's not formal. I'm not at a candlelit dinner. <laughs> like yeah. Stupid. Um, but I was remembering this time that uh, another patient had, uh, like, there were two houses. There was, like, one when you first get there and then a second house when you have more, like, you've been there a while. And she was in that second house and the staff member fell asleep and she ate, if I'm remembering correctly, she ate, like, uh, granted, this is, like, 20 years ago, but it's food, so I usually remember. She ate, like... <laughs> Two English muffins with cream cheese and sugar-free jelly, because of course we weren't allowed sugar. Like that's that's all. And uh, this is not an exaggeration. They like dragged her over 
and we had an hour and a half group where they lambasted her for an hour and a half about her binge. She had to, she was no longer allowed in the second house. She allowed to live in the first house. Uh, phone privileges revoked. Even they said like, okay, they were Persian. So they had an accent. So they were like, staff cannot administer condoms anymore. And they meant condiments, but we're all like, <laughs> but they said like, no more condom abuse. You, you abuse condoms. So she couldn't even put fucking salt and pepper on her food. Cause she used too much. Well, maybe her body needed salt. Like what the hell? So like, I was just remembering that and it was making me really angry, both for the poor person because she was supposedly weight restored, but she still looked emaciated. I know you can't just go by looks, but she was obviously fucking hungry because her lunch would be like a half cup of rice, two ounces of meat and a salad. Like that was it. Like that was the, her food plan. So not only when they, not only did it harm her, but it sent this strong message to all of us. Cause of course they always want everybody to be present that to witness these kind of things. And you were, if you had any grievances against Amber, bring it up now. Cause we're going to do the Amber. Like it sent this strong message to everybody else. Do not eat more. And two English muffins is a huge amount of food, which not really. Uh -uh. <laughs> um, but I guess I'm like, kind of like, I bought into that then I was like, yeah, they're right. Like, this is wrong to eat more than your food plan. And they had this thing like, you have to be abstinent. And if you eat any more, then you have to start your abstinence over. And then after you leave treatment, you have to be abstinent for two years before you're allowed to date or eat sugar. Like, what the fuck? Like, and so I guess like, yeah, it is like, it's kind of humorous in a sad, funny way, but in a way, it's kind of fueling me the past couple days because I'm like, fuck that shit that I went through. Like, two fucking English muffins. Like, I don't have any English muffins right now, but I kind of want to buy some just to eat Should the entire it. pack and be like, fuck <laughs> you, like, stupid Persian. I'm not that I'm against Persian because, like, but I'm just saying that that's so racist, but like, this stupid cult that I was in that's like, oh my God, like, they did the nuttiest things like everything was weighed and measured. Like if you made lasagna for, for everybody, you'd weigh and measure like the amount of meat and cheese you needed for everybody. But then after you made the fucking lasagna, you had to cut it, give everybody a piece. And then if you were on two proteins and I was on four proteins, we take some of the meat out of your slice and put it on my slice. Like, do you know how weird that is? And so then, then like I go home and my parents are like, why can't you just eat a normal meal? But I'm thinking this is the right thing to do is like weigh and measure all my food. It's not. So I guess I'm just like so grateful in a way that I like know and I have heard from you a different way to live, but it's still so ingrained this whole like abstinent mindset. So when I, when I, have a day when I'm struggling, I still feel like, oh, I'm not abstinent. Well, I'm not an alcoholic that's trying to get my chip or my birthday or whatever. Like, food is just, like, people don't measure food. No. Like, people don't, like, at work, you know, today, because it was 
a couple days after Halloween, they have a lot of Halloween candy. And everybody's just... Like, nobody's keeping track of their little miniature candy bars that they're eating. And so, like, it was cool to, like, eat Snickers, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I've got some wrappers in my pocket because when I'm not abstinent and it's not been two years and I'm eating sugar. Sorry, Dr. Helen, but, like, you know? And I would really like a date, too, but I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> but... Have you had any, that was a while ago, that treatment centre, yeah, it sounds like. Have you was, had any experiences closer that are similar? Um, I mean, that well, sounds like was, a rather special place. Yeah, that and that one I was in four times. Like, and I have had another place the six years ago. And I will say that was a, that was a good place as far as treatment centres go. Like, I've honestly thought about this a lot. Like, how would I run a treatment center? Not that I want to do that. Do not want to. But, like, how can you do a treatment center and allow for, like, feast eating or anything? And that place they did allow, when you got to a certain point, I never did. But because I spent the most of the time gaining weight because I had to pretty much double my weight. Um, but, like, you could... Uh, like go back into the kitchen and get more if you wanted. Mm. The only thing they did with me is I didn't like, is they said they had a thing called push away where like you could eat like 70% of your meal or you could eat hundred percent. It was up to you. And the dietitian said she wanted to try it with me. And I was like, I, I, I don't think I can do that because I don't know. Like I have no, uh, like I feel the same before a meal, two bites into the meal three quarters of the meal, the end of the meal, my body feels the same. I don't really, I can't gauge it. And she's like, well, just try it. And she made me do it for at lunch for a week. And so I, then I felt obligated to leave a couple bites. And I told her after a week, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, can you please just put me back on just, just eat my food plan? Cause I, I, I'm not at a place where I can decide to leave some of my meal. And and so you went back on that one then? Yeah, because I told her, I was like, this isn't working. This isn't good for me. Well, I'm um, very thankful to um, this person for sharing her story there. And while it sounds quite extreme and it sounds very strange and you might be able to think, oh, well, that was a while ago. so, So maybe things aren't like that right now. Well, I don't think there's many treatment centers that are quite that extreme now. I do think that there are many treatment centers that are not so dissimilar. And really we need to learn from these stories because that was, what did she say, 20 or so years ago? And this person still hasn't recovered, but she's been in treatment multiple times. There's a reason that she's not recovered. And treatment needs to be paying attention to this. People running treatment centers right now need to be learning as to why there are so many people in this very same situation that have been in treatment for 20, 30 years or even more and still not recovered. That's a very real problem in this field. We can't just ignore everybody who has an eating disorder over the age of 30 or 40 
It's not just 18-year-olds that are going into treatment centers now. There are people going into treatment centers now that already have 20 years worth of experience and conflicting messages and trauma from having been in the treatment center. And so that all needs to be unraveled to help a person recover once they are in their 40s, 50s or whatever and have had those experiences. And the field as a whole needs to take responsibility for this. I know it's not maybe a treatment provider, a new treatment provider's fault that somebody may have had this sort of experience, but we all have to take responsibility to help unravel it and undo it so that people can move forward, do what they need to do, which is usually eat and rest thoroughly and enjoy it and recover. As always, I do welcome your stories. I think it's so important that people who have eating disorders, who are in treatment right now, or have been in treatment in the past, share stories. This is the only way that the field is going to learn. Um, if you have a short story to share, feel free to reach out to me. My email is info at Thanks for listening. Cheers, and until next time, cheerio.